Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. to you it's good to have you here on a wednesday technically a warriors wednesday and it's not just one of those technicalities it's an actual matter of fact warriors wednesday because we got warriors basketball coming up for you later tonight we got warriors and grizzlies which is worth the price of admission and we got an awful lot for you until then a little bit later tonight sal palantonio joins us in about an hour from now herm edwards is going to stop on by and we got an awful lot for the both of them we got an awful lot for ray ratto today hi ray i don't want an awful lot i just want to cruise how about a medium amount of stuff uh, how about slightly below average a slightly below average amount of stuff on today's show guaranteed good and that should keep everybody's full attention including good. yours a a quick negotiation is always best how about this we have a little history here on our side ray a little history do you realize that we're about to watch the first NFC title game ever played where neither team played anybody that could have ever proved them worthy of even being there. How about that? Isn't that something else? Because apparently 49ers fans are looking at the Eagles schedule going, yeah, I'm not impressed. You didn't really beat anybody. And we got Eagles fans looking at the 49ers schedule going, yeah, you know, I'm really not impressed. You didn't really beat anybody. You know how hard it is for two untested, lucky to be here teams to navigate their easy path to success all the way to the NFC title game. What a remarkable accomplishment for both of these just happy to be here franchises. Yeah, they went, that? they went 27 and 7 and didn't play anybody. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Didn't even lift a finger beating an opponent of circumstance all year long, either team. So, really, it's an extraordinary happening. That's why you don't listen to fans. They can't help you. I'm seeing this in the media, though, too. And it's what's crazy, and I was saying this last week when I was uh, popping in with, with Steiny and Guru, is that you can't, in the NFL, really ever argue about who's got a strength to schedule what if you're willing to also agree that it is in any given Sunday league. Because when you say it's in any given Sunday league, you don't mean that, well, no one here is good enough to, to beat anybody. What you're saying is everyone here is good enough to beat anybody at any time. That's what any given Sunday means. So to try to look at a, a strength of schedule, try to, you know, uh, you know well, well, you 
and your win total is worth X because your entire division did Y. It's cockamamie sports math. Well, but of of course it is. But the raw numbers would lead people to said conclusions because there were only four teams that won more than nine games all in the in the uh, NFC. The NFC is clearly not just by reputation but by raw numbers the weaker of the two conferences. The difference is that Philadelphia played in a harder division. And above and beyond that, since the 49ers are none of those teams, it sort of doesn't matter. Um, This is strength v. strength, and it's maybe the only NFC matchup that would have satisfied anybody. So take that for what it's worth. Um, Yeah, you could frame it as, well, these two teams haven't played anybody yet, or you could also say... This is the best versus the best in a down conference this year. And I mean, it what really is. Yeah, what they're trying to say is that the 49ers' strength schedule blows, which it does. Kind of. Well, I mean, it's, sure. it's yeah, no, second I'll, I'll worst in the conference. So, you know, and it's the weaker conference. So you could make that case. But I don't know how much that matters at this point when you're this far down the funnel. Because all there is left is Eagles and 49ers. And everything that happened in the past, injuries, lucky breaks, turnover, all that stuff doesn't matter anymore. I mean, that's the one That's the one good thing about this level of the playoffs. And it's the one bad thing is there aren't a lot of other possibilities. You're stuck looking at two teams trying to figure out how they will play only against each other. Not about how they looked against the Cardinals. Because that's not relevant anymore. It's, you know, the regular season is a million years ago. And 2023 is a million years away. There's just this. So strap into this. we got an awful lot to get to today. And what the 49ers need to accomplish is really, like, the only thing you need to do to win a Super Bowl here is to basically measure yourself against a hard-to-find NFL historical feat which is winning 14 games in a row. The most amount of games in a row the 49ers have ever won in franchise history is 18 straight games. That happened, playoffs included, over the 1989 into 1990 seasons. It's a remarkable run. It's a remarkable feat. It's a feat basically not equaled by many franchises in the history of football. As a matter of fact, Carolina and Indianapolis both won 14 straight in a season. That doesn't include any playoff run. The Patriots have the longest winning streak in the history history of the NFL at 21 consecutive games. The Patriots ended up closing out the 03 regular season with 12 straight wins. Then they won three playoff games that included the Super Bowl. And so what was a 15-game winning streak became 21 when they opened the 04 season with six consecutive wins. So 21 is the longest streak in the history of the NFL. And all the 49ers do to need to be Super Bowl champions is rattle off win number 13 and then 14 in a row. Basically, to win a sixth Lombardi trophy, the 49ers need to complete a 14-game winning streak for that to happen. For those who do not know, and I'm guessing there are those out there who do not know because Lucas, who I was talking to about this before the show started today, was like, they used to only play 14 regular season games? Yeah! 
before the league was a 17-game league, before it was a 16-game league in the regular season, it was a 14-game league. And when you're talking about the undefeated Miami Dolphins, they went 16-0 and that year. They won 14 regular season playoff games, one conference championship game, and one Super Bowl. So what the 49ers need to do to win their sixth Super Bowl is basically have the Miami Dolphins undefeated regular season and win 14 in a row to get there. That is a massive ask. It's a massive ask, and it is a huge, huge accomplishment if this team were to actually do it. It, it, it would be remarkable. Uh, they went 17-0 that year. Was it 17-0? Yeah. So two playoff games for the Dolphins? Yes, they beat Cleveland, then they won at Pittsburgh, and then they beat Washington. Okay. I thought it was I didn't see, yeah, I, going straight to the uh, you know AFC title game. Yeah, no, they. Uh, I think back then it was it was a, I think it was four teams per conference, if I remember correctly. Okay, well, either way, it is. It is nothing as many. It's nothing short, nothing short of a historically significant winning streak that the Niners need to polish off in order to be Super Bowl champions this year. Um, We have really the fact that they're on a 12-game winning streak right now is historical in its own right. There are very few teams, there are very few franchises in all of sports that have ever enjoyed a 12-game winning streak, especially throughout professional sports. And I'm talking hockey, I'm talking basketball, I'm talking uh, baseball. It doesn't sound like a lot. But it is. Winning 12 in a row in any professional league is a very difficult thing to do. The 49ers have done it. And if they get two more, it's really an oh-my-God season. I've got a couple of oh-my-God things for you this afternoon. I've got a Travis Kelsey oh-my-God stat that I'm officially teasing. And I will start next segment with because there's a very good chance if the 49ers do get past the Eagles, they will be facing a man who is so Climbing up the all-time playoff catches chart. You will not believe where he is. Uh, We have the with my own eyes list of players that there's definitely a new one on it. And I got to tell you, we're not going to spend much time on it here, Ray, today. But after saying yesterday, oh, good for Scott Rowland. I'm glad he made the Hall of Fame. I really sort of deep dove into his numbers and compared him to someone else who is not going to be in the Hall of Fame. And it's sort of absurd that Scott Rowland is going to be in the Hall of Fame, yet Jeff Kent will not. We're not even going to go to the Barry Bonds, uber-controversial, never-going-to-happen. We're going to talk about Jeff Kent and how if Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer, Jeff Kent should be a Hall of Famer. Obviously, the Hall of Famers that are on the Golden State Warriors are going to be back in action tonight. They are all ready to go. They've had a little rest they got the Memphis Grizzlies coming to town. No Steven Adams. John Morant is going to be back in the Grizzlies lineup. They have not found any success since coming to the West Coast. The Grizzlies got a three-game losing streak, Ray. Yeah, and the one the other night in Sacramento was without Morant. That said, they probably would have lost it anyway because they looked awful. So, yeah, they you know they are still the, the livest team in the conference not named the Denver Nuggets. And I think that's going to continue to be proven as the year goes on. Game on tonight, no doubt about it.
It's a Warriors Wednesday here on 95.7 The Game, brought to you by Friedman's Appliance, a trusted name in the Bay Area since 1922. You can visit Friedman'sAppliance.com today, and all guests will be joining us this afternoon on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. We got Sal Palantonio, who is, I believe, ESPN's it, like longest tenured beat writer covering any one city, one team. Sal Palantonio is obviously synonymous with all things Philadelphia. At this point, he might even be like ESPN's longest consecutively employed on-air talent. I mean, that's how long Sal Pal has been with ESPN. He joins us at 4 o'clock today. Herm Edwards at 445. Longtime coach, longtime eagle, and the college coach of Brandon Ayuk. So we're going to be talking to Herm Edwards a little bit later on today, and we're going to be talking to you all day long. It's good to have you here. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. The road to Glendale is brought to you by the SF Sheriff's Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriffs.com today. That is sheriff, not sheriffs. It is a singular sheriff. Visit sfsheriff.com to apply. Ray, how do you think you'd be as a sheriff? 
long arm of the law, Ray Ratto. Oh, I'd have been arrested for corruption on day four. Just judge, jury, executioner, Ray Ratto. Oh, uh, they just take me out in the woods and put two in the back of my neck. That's, you'd be a horrible law enforcement officer. There's no doubt about I'm horrible that. at everything. <laughs> that's the beauty of America, that I could still survive with this. There's one thing you are good at. And that's detecting a little line movement that you go, makes you, uh, not, not suspicious, but makes your eyebrow go up. And tell me about this Bengals-Chiefs line movement that made uh, you, your spidey senses tingle. Okay, uh, the Chiefs opened minus two and a half, which means they're a two and a half point favorite. And that was Sunday evening. Right. It immediately moved to Bengals minus two and a half with the news that Patrick Mahomes' ankle is wonky. It's now moved back to a pick'em, and this is all in the space of three days, which means that the wise guys who usually bet early in the week are seeing two different versions of this game, two radically different versions of this game. One in which the Chiefs are fine because Patrick Mahomes will be Patrick Mahomes even if he has to play on a peg leg, and the ones who look at his leg go, he's finished. And... With that much volatility this early in the week, I mean, I suppose we could call Fort and Bob, but why why challenge our sense, senses with that? I, I heard it, he might be popping on by tomorrow, reluctantly. You bastard. I know. You have to clear this stuff with me so I can get more sick days. Um, I, I'm, I'm just fascinated by the fact that nobody can make up their mind what this game is yet. While everybody seems to know what 49ers-Eagles is, which is Eagles minus two and a half. I mean, what what we got here is people hopping on a hunch with big money because the, the, everyone sort of understands that Joe Burrow is that dude. And for a young quarterback to just go and keep on winning road playoff games, it's absurd how often he's doing that. And he's had an awful lot of success at Arrowhead. The Bengals have had a lot of success against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's what Patrick Mahomes under fully operational Death Star conditions what I think an ankle, a high ankle sprain does to Patrick Mahomes, it does less to him than most quarterbacks, that's for sure. He's so good at moving around the pocket. I'm not even talking scrambling. Just feeling a pocket. Two steps to the left, one step back, three steps into the pocket. He, he's great at navigating it, and I think he'll be able to do that from the shotgun all afternoon long. My God, he just did it on the day he suffered his high ankle sprain. I'm guessing he'll be able to do it at home in the AFC Championship game. But if it turns into a game where he needs his legs like to really scramble and make things happen that way, that's when we have something a little different going on. Yeah, I think, you know, that that's the wild card with Mahomes is because he can he can scramble, but that's not his best attribute. By far, I mean it's a, it's his ability to throw under pressure to the right guys at the right time. I mean that's why he has games where he's throwing for 420 yards, and say Jalen Hurts doesn't. Does the, the feet allow him to buy the off schedule play? And he's yeah. wonderful at making off schedule plays. And if he can buy himself two more Mississippi's, he gets that much more dangerous. Yeah, and the fact that he's almost functionally ambidextrous. Helps him too. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is nuts. There are very few quarterbacks that you see go with some sort of shot put pass with their offhand, where you think eh, it's probably a good idea. 
but that's who he is. Yeah. He's ridiculous. He's ridiculous, and thanks to his ridiculous level of talent, he has turned a current teammate and a former teammate into guys who are now so fast uh, climbing up the all-time playoff catches list. I got a Travis Kelsey Oh My God stat for you, Ray. This is an Oh My God stat. Heard it on Colin this morning. Colin Cowherd. Only Jerry Rice has more playoff catches than Travis Kelsey. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? In NFL history, only Jerry Rice has more catches in the postseason than Travis Kelsey. Rice is at 151. Kelsey is at 120. He's 31 catches behind Jerry Rice. And honestly, that could be two games for him. And don't tell me it couldn't be. He just had 14 catches last week. But he will, when his career is over, have caught more postseason passes than anyone in human history because he's got at least three or four more playoff games in his future. I will go ahead. and I don't want to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Because I have two more, more amazing Kelsey playoff stats. Even more amazing? One, he's played in 16 games. Rice played in 29. That is amazing. But not the most amazing. Rice has the greatest percentage of catches to targets in playoff history. It's 88%. Which means if you threw the ball near him, he caught, he caught it. it 88% of the time. Kelsey is second at 80. And he runs more routes in more traffic than Rice ever did. Which means that in, in some ways, he is as much a bailout for Mahomes as Mahomes is for him. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that when we sit down to piece together the all-time NFL offense, your starting tight end is going to be Travis Kelsey when his career is over. Oh, there's no question. He's the greatest tight end in the history of football. Well, I mean, there's an asterisk there, and it needs to be said. It's that he's not used as a blocking tight end almost ever. He is essentially a glorified wide receiver. But he's a great glorified wide receiver. I mean, that was uh, that was Graham, too. Remember, Jimmy Graham was a guy who looked for wide receiver money because he lined up in the slot as often as he did on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And that was sort of a breaking point with him in the St. Louis, uh, or no, the, excuse me, the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there are, there are a few guys who were better blockers and nearly as effective as pass catchers. Antonio Gates was one of them. Um, but... Kelsey's just pass-catching numbers essentially take him out of the realm of tight end. He is almost positionless. He's just like he's just a PC pass catcher, and he's as efficient as anybody in the history of the of January, except for Rice. So, yeah, that. It's all extraordinary stuff. Travis Kelsey, he's got oh my god statistics all over him. And one of the things that I think a lot of people would say, well, well, of course. Travis Kelsey is moving up the all-time catches list. I mean, look at, you know, how how quickly Derek Jeter became the, you know, baseball's all-time postseason hits leader, if that's indeed what he is, because of all the rounds of playoffs that he had afforded to him in his era that, you know, Mickey Mantle did not. And the fact that Travis Kelsey has almost played half the games that Jerry Rice has played is amazing. 
That is amazing. Again, Jerry Rice, 151 playoff catches. Travis Kelsey is second at 120. Julian Edelman is at 118. Gronk is at 98. Reggie Wayne, fifth all-time playoff catches, 93. And that brings us to number six, is Tyreek Hill. Like That's how good Patrick Mahomes is. And just a small handful of playoff games over the last five years, which I guess is a bigger handful than any other franchise in the last five years, but you've got... Travis Kelsey being the second most pass-catching target in the history of postseason football with his former teammate Tyreek Hill, who has not made a postseason appearance. Well, no, he has made a postseason appearance, but it wasn't a long-lasting postseason appearance with the Miami Dolphins. And it wasn't fun to watch. It was not. But Tyreek Hill is already at 91, sixth all-time. A tie for seventh um, with Heinz Ward and Wes Welker. Uh, by the way, every single one of these guys is attached to a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? You got Rice to Montana or Young. Kelsey is obviously, we're, we're going to see Patrick Mahomes in the Hall of Fame. Gronk, we all know who his tight end or his, his quarterback was. We all know who Reggie Wayne's quarterback was and Peyton Manning. Tyreek Hill, we've already talked about it. And Heinz Ward, obviously, with Ben Roethlisberger. Wes Welker, we know. Michael Irvin. Weekly guest here on Damon and Ratto comes in ninth all time, excuse me, eighth all time playoff catches. Andre Reed, another Hall of Fame uh, quarterback in Jim Kelly. Andre Reed is at 86. And right behind Andre Reed is Thurman Thomas, again, Jim Kelly, at 76. It's a lot of postseason catches. Yeah, I mean, it just, the, the, again, the standout thing for me is that. When Patrick Mahomes throws the ball to Travis Kelsey, it is a completion. Period. All the time. That's it. You know, just if you see a game, if you see a moment on Sunday where he drops the ball, freeze frame that. You won't see it again. Guess who's fifteenth all time playoff catches? Anquan Bolden. And I just wanted to bring that up because when I saw that I had to officially put him on the with my own eyes list, which we'll get to in a second. But Anquan Bolden is 15th all-time catches his three years with the Niners. He officially qualifies for the didn't know how good he was until he was on the team that I was covering every snap of, which puts him on a very short list. Ray, since 2005, when I officially came back to San Francisco to cover sports full-time as a radio host... Here is my couldn't believe how good that guy was until I saw him with my own eyes list. Again, career started somewhere else. I knew he was good, but I didn't understand how good he was. Here's the list. Kevin Durant, Christian McCaffrey, Justin Smith, Baron Davis, Omar Vizquel, Anquan Bolden. I'm going to put Frank Thomas on this list because you know what? I went to a lot of A's games back in 2006. His one year with the A's, Frank Thomas was at the end of his career. He was pretty much washed up at that point. He finished fourth in MVP voting with 39 home runs and 114 RBI. And I went to a lot of A's games because I could afford it. It was easy to get to. I didn't have a car, but I had Bart. So I went to a ton of A's games in 06 and watched a ton of Frank Thomas at-bats with a buddy of mine who grew up a White Sox fan. And I would be like, all right. Like, I knew Frank Thomas was good, but I didn't think he was still this good. 
So I'll put him on the list. I'm also going to put Andre Iguodala on the list. He had massive impact. Andrew Bogut, I think he's in the same boat, too. He had massive impact, and I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was that good. Richard Sherman, I want to put him on the list, Ray, but he only played 34 games in front of my own two eyes in a 49ers uniform. Those are just regular season games, by the way. But, yeah, you know, I... I I, Richard Sherman's there. He, I, we, I knew he was good, though. I knew he was a total stud. I knew he was a Hall of Famer, and then he came here, and he didn't embarrass his Hall of Fame chances, obviously. Carlos Radon almost, almost makes my list, but in just one season. You need more than that. So It's a pretty good list, though. I mean, it, it, did I leave anyone out? You probably want to say Joe Thornton. Oh, no, you definitely left Thornton off, but that doesn't surprise me. Um, the Bolden one is interesting, though, because two of his three years here, they did not make the playoffs. And in one of them, he only cost 36, game, 36 balls. Right. But the so, other two years, he was a 1,000-yard problem. Yeah. But, you know, he's hard for me. There are very few 1,000-yard receivers in recent Niner hat past, too. So True, but a different coach who would throw the ball more often. And in, and in 13, they threw, a ball, they threw the ball a ton. I'm also going to drop a little, like, like he gets badass points, too. Because Antoine, Antoine oh. Bolden was a capital M, M-A-N man. He was well, a, if you want to count that ethereal thing, I can't find it on football reference, but... They don't uh, have a man no, points? He was his statistic. No, he, he, was, he was also a fearsome blocker. And I think you get, you get credit for that. I mean, the, the one thing you can debit Travis Kelsey about is that He's not a diligent blocker. But in that offense, they don't want him to be. So I don't know if he's a bad blocker or just somebody that they don't want to see blocking. And that's the thing about sort of raw numbers and the eye test. Nobody watches blocking tight ends, which is why sometimes when you say, George Kittle just, I didn't see him today. You didn't see him, but there are guys who felt him. He's just, he's, he's never not involved to one extent or another. And if he's not targeted one day, he's still making himself useful. And that's in games where they, they win, where they lose. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't mail him in if he's not getting the ball. Xfinity Mobile text line asked the question, uh, what about Debo? He's also a man. But we, we, Debo didn't come here from somewhere else. So that, that's what this list is. Your career started somewhere else. I knew you were good. But then not until you got in front of me did I realize how good you really were really were. Someone else suggests also Hunter Pence. Eh. Yeah, I mean Hunter Pence was good, but he wasn't well, breathtaking. Though, like to me, he's a guy I'm, who commanded your attention though. Right. He was good because Stan Bolden moments. was never breathtaking either. No, but he had moments, man. He was just But a, so did Pence. I mean I think that's not a bad comp at all. Yeah, no, I, I look I will put Hunter Pence on the list. That seems like an oversight. The the only true oversight maybe on on this list here. Except for Thornton. Except for Thornton. I've got, and again, I, I I knew enough to bring him up. Baron Davis, to me, is one of those guys, too. Like, Baron Davis, I knew he was good. I knew he was good at UCLA. I knew he was good when he was in New Orleans. I knew he was good. But I didn't understand that he was basically, like, the only real NBA player the Warriors had for a time there. But see, that's, see, that's the thing about Baron Davis, is they had the one year where they eased into the playoffs at 42 and 40 the same year that Don Nelson declared in February that they were done after a loss in Chicago the next year they went 48 and 34 and didn't make the playoffs and Baron Davis 
had issues with Don Nelson, and that was the end of that. So he sort of was almost a shooting star in this town. He was. But people have held that We Believe team to a ridiculously high standard based on what they actually did, which was be a rare warrior team of that era to make the playoffs and then go two and done. I mean, they they came and then they went. And if you want to talk about Baron Davis, it's posterizing Andre Kirilenko more than anything else. What a moment. Still the loudest moment I've ever heard in a gym, I think, in my life. It was unbelievable. Um, someone says, what about Steven Jackson? Yeah. I mean, I knew Steven Jackson was good, and he came here, he was good. I never thought Steven Jackson was like an oh-my-God-level breathtaking. Someone says, Damon, Barry Bonds? Barry Bonds came to the Bay Area long before... I arrived in the Bay Area, so he, he we our, our timelines are off for him to be on my list. Somebody says, well, has Christian McCaffrey done enough on the list? I got him second. I've already put him second on the list. Kevin Durant is the single... Kevin, Dur- Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. I mean, what more do you need? It's Kevin Durant. Christian McCaffrey is on his way to being that. If they win a Super Bowl, he's like sitting on that one line with Kevin Durant. He really is. Justin Smith, already on the list. I had him there. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, get out of here. Emmanuel Sanders was a nice player. Nothing more. He's a good player. That's it. I won't be telling the kids about Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, you will. Because you're going to bore your kids every night with bedtime stories of, here's today's Bay Area Athlete of the Day. And your children will just weep into their pillows, wishing that they could be adopted by a better dad. Marge in Dublin says, what about GP2? Well, no one knew he was good. Yeah, like he was a huge surprise. Like when he showed up, he showed up without expectation, without fanfare, and he turned into a wonderful piece. But he, I, it, the fact that he was able to dribble a basketball and play any for the Warriors during a championship run is still, a, you know, a remarkable accomplishment. But he's no, he's not on the list. I, I think you've got to be, you've got to do this for more than a year. And even at that, Baron Davis doesn't clear that standard by a lot. Well, Baron Davis does, but no, no, no. I mean, Baron Davis was not here. Very long. Very long is what I'm saying. Yeah. He doesn't clear the standard of be here for more than a year by a lot is what I meant. Trent Williams? Yeah, I think Trent should be on the list. Wiggins, he's approaching it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, think he's on the list. He's probably on the list. David Lee? No. David Lee was a was a nice story more than he was a great he, player. He is probably most famous in this town for being the guy who was Draymond Green's placeholder, to be honest. Right. And David Lee, what, what year was he brought here? I don't. Was that on my watch? Was that in, after two thousand and five? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, no, I'm not doing it. Cespedes, no. Deion Sanders, again, before me. One year too. Right. Jeff Kent. I'm glad you brought up Jeff Kent, but Jeff Kent, he started in San Francisco. So no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Where did? No. Who did Jeff Kent start with? I believe he started with the Mets, but. In fact, no, he started in Toronto, then he went to the Mets, then he went to Cleveland, then he went to the Giants. All right, well, he then was... Houston, the Dodgers. I, what I mean is, Jeff Kent was here before I was. What, do you, what year did Jeff Kent arrive? 97. Right, I got here in 2005. Now, by then he was a Dodger, so you actually never technically saw Jeff Kent as a Giant. I, I, I did, with my own two eyes. You're right. That's why he's not on my list. Well, whose eyes could own, you see them with? Own two eyes list. Yeah. I wish I could see the world through your eyes, Ray. What a lovely tapestry of hope that must be. You'd claw your eyes out of your head. And then where would I be? (laughs) 
It is a Warriors Wednesday here on 95.7 The Game. We do have ourselves an interesting Warriors game tonight. Golden State equaled its win total on its last road trip, right, from the entire road season. They they went on the road trip with three wins. They came home with three more wins. Now they got six grandi, grandiose road wins to point at and be proud of. But then they come home and they stub their toe against the Kevin Durantless Brooklyn Nets. So that sort of took some of the wind out of their sails. Here come the Memphis Grizzlies. 0-3 on this road trip with losses to the Lakers, the Suns, and the Kings. I can tell you that John Morant is back tonight after missing the game up in Sacramento. Steven Adams is out tonight. Will not be on the court. James Wiseman, according to Anthony Slater, is probable after missing the last 11 games with a sprained ankle. Andre Iguodala is out. Other than that, it is going to be all hands on deck. Um, Johnny Cueto, yeah. Someone said Robbie Gold. See, I was I was a Bears fan. I knew he was good. Uh, you didn't know he was this good. Well, I know I did almost by you. He was addition by subtraction, or the other way around. He subtract. He was a, the minute. He wasn't a Chicago Bear. The Bears were double doinking themselves out of playoffs. You know, so I mean, they would. I, I knew he was that good. Look at it this way: nobody knew Robbie Gold was this good. The Niners didn't think that they would. No, would have a I mean, like well, this. that's and that's the thing. A lot of these guys. I mean, when Kansas City got Travis Kelsey, they didn't know he was going to be this good. When when the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, they didn't know he was going to be this good. <laughs> Most guys this good. The teams that drafted them never know how good they're going to be. Except maybe Cleveland and LeBron James. And even at that, he's exceeded yeah. all all rational things. Did, Did you see him last night? Yeah, we'll talk about that okay. in a little bit. Career high nine threes. He was a workhorse. Lakers lose. He hates his team he so much. <laughs> Damon, can you do a reverse list? You thought they were going to be great? Came to San Francisco and then weren't. He's like, where you got Jason Kendall on that list? I mean, Kendall was all right. He wasn't that bad. But Carlos Beltran. We could do a reverse list. Yeah, we could totally do. Speaking a of guys list. on the Hall of Fame list, for a minute there, for a minute there, Barry Zito was on that list, right? I mean, come on, he was good, but they didn't have him on the playoff roster, which was kind of embarrassing. Well, then he made but another he, one and he helped them win a World Series. But that's so. the thing. He sort of made up for it when it yeah. was all said and done. But it started early on a little awkward, shall we say, the least. Uh, I, I will think about the reverse list here. And when we come on back, we will ask the question that Anthony Slater, I know, was talking about earlier today on the morning roast. And that question, it's a big question around the NBA these days. And the question is, what about Bob? We've got that for you when we come on back here. It's Damon and Ratto brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking. No compromises. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. The Road to Glendale is brought to you by Merowest Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. Damon and Ratto together with you here on 95.7 The Game. We're going to be joined by the one and only Mr. Philadelphia himself, Sal Palantonio. 
Uh, not at 4 o'clock. That was the original plan. He's going to be joining us at 4.15. Also in the 4 o'clock hour, Herm Edwards is going to be joining us on the Bud Light guest line. All guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Ray, I was earlier putting together the list of, man, I thought that guy was good, and then... They showed up, they played right in front of me, in front of my own two eyes, and I realized I was wrong about how good they were. They were even better than that. And not that we really take requests, but somebody here on the text line says, hey, can you do like the reverse hype list where the guy proved to be a huge disappointment? (laughs) So just quickly off the top of my mind, there were two Raiders that came right to the top of my mind, and it was Randy Moss and Warren Sapp. Randy Moss, also a little bit of a disappointment with the 49ers, but he was so late in his career, I don't think there was really any expectation for him to be that. I thought Isaac Bruce was going to be a bigger difference maker, but he was at the end of his career, so I'm not going to hold too much against him. Carlos Beltran, he's definitely on the list. Randy Wynn, God, he had that great September, and he looked like he was going to be great with the Giants, and then he was was just Randy Wynn. Nice player, but disappointed after the big trade, right? Um... Matt Holliday, Mark Melanson, <laughs> those guys just fell flat. Um, Kelly Oubre, I don't know if I had that much of an expectation for him, but he was a huge disappointment. And D Ford, to go a little bit more modern on everyone, D Ford was a massive flop with the 49ers. Ray, what came to the top of your head? You got a little reverse list? Eric Carlson, the Sharks. Sure. Came here highly anticipated. Might have been the best defenseman in hockey when they traded for him. And between the injuries and the the other stuff, I think it's fair to say, well, I mean, they're desperately shopping him now to other teams. His stay here has been largely unproductive. And even though he's having kind of a good year here, it's only to primp up his trade value. So I think he jumps out as a... As a glaring one, because he's the sort of guy who, before he got traded here, he was a lock of the Hall of Famer. Now I'm not sure. John Lester? Not bad. Not bad. Not long enough, though. Yeah, I, I, it's... And he wasn't, I mean, he was pretty good, in fact. But the, the fact he, he couldn't throw over to first to keep a Royal on was pathetic. But that's no. kind of who he was. Well, yeah, he did that. What he he brought that with him from the Midwest. But he was also very good and got them to that game. So, Alden Smith was a disappointment, obviously. But he had, you know, there's a demon quotient in there too. AJ Jenkins. Well, yeah, no, but he he showed up here. He started here. He was just a flop from the minute they pulled his name out of the draft hat. So he doesn't qualify for the list. Eddie Belfour, Sharks, not bad, not bad. I hear someone opening the mic. What do you got? First name that came to mind for me is Aaron Rowand on the Giants. Yeah, with a batting stance that made him look like he was sitting on a toilet. (laughs) Well, the reason why he came here was because... He broke his nose catching a ball on a fence. and, And Peter McGowan saw that and said, that's the kind of guy we need. Yeah. And then promptly gave him $60 million over five years. And once he got here and Bruce Bochy saw him and said, he's a part-time player. And he and Bochy hated each other. I mean, like, Bochy's good at, like, not letting grudges get in the way of the job. 
he hated Rowan and Rowan hated him. The fact that he stayed as long as he did was an amazement to me. Uh, 60 million will keep you in one place for a while. By the way, that's still, I believe, the second largest free agent contract ever handed out to a position player by the Giants. I it? think so. And Is it the that, first? If that's the example, then I'd say I wouldn't sign a free agent again ever. Because between him and Beltron, they've gotten their hands burned twice. Jarek McKinnon, again, he got hurt. I'm not going to hold that against yeah, him. Randy Johnson was close to the end. I'm not going to hold it against him. Troy Smith, come on. Troy Smith showed up without expectation. Longoria, again, I, I didn't have any expectations for him. Jeff Samarja, yeah, kind of, because I guess he did come with a certain degree of expectation. To pop I think a if, you, if you think Samarja's on that list, then Longoria has to be on that list because he was a tremendous player in Tampa, and he wasn't done when he got here. He got done quickly, but I think people thought that that was a great get for the Giants. It just didn't turn out that way. I mean, I thought it was going to be okay, and he was about okay. He was, he was sort of what I thought he would be. I, I, again, whatever his, his fanfare was at the time, nah. Nate freaking Clements. What? Nah. Evander Kane? Oh, but I just I, I got to stop reading that. Thank you. No, very Evander much. Kane is an interesting is an interesting name because he did come with fanfare and he's got talent, but he's got demons. He does. I don't know if you've been reading the latest stuff. He was at one point forty six million dollars in debt. Yeah. Woof. No wonder why he has a gambling problem. Oh, no. Well, he's got a gambling yeah. problem. He's got forty eight million dollars in debt exactly because of that. Oh, here you go. I think we have the official winner. Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, I think I frostbite I, feet and all, and the balloon trip in. Yeah, not bad. Well, I mean, well, the excuses sure put him out of the realm of possibility, but he did come with the notion that yeah, he could be a difference maker, and he essentially he nearly burned down the team, and they got rid of him before he could do it. Burnt out his feet, right? But he certainly helped. Get, get John Gruden out of here. You want another? Uh, you want another possibility list coming from the San Jose Sharks? Danny Heatley. Yeah, had a drinking problem through most of that. He had a drinking that problem he, that he acknowledged. Well, I mean, he he killed someone. Yeah, but that, well, that was years before he got to the Sharks. That's right. Yeah, but when he was what, the Atlanta Thrashers, was that what? Yeah. Was that How about me, Ray? Come on. Danny Heatley, Atlanta Thrashers. Your boy. Well, that, that's from your time at ESPN when you had to pay attention to some of that. I mean, when I was contractually obligated to watch hockey? Yeah. Look, I still like hockey. It's just hard to find these days. No, it's not. It's on ESPN all the time. Yeah. ESPN and TNT. It's got more visibility than it's ever had. Yet, no one's ever talked about it less. Well, but that's your choice. That's no, not it's, a that's matter of It's literally the entire United States of America's choice. Not all of the United States. Mm, the vast majority of the United States, right? The vast majority of the United States, by that definition, doesn't pay attention to college football either. That's a Midwest and Southeast thing only. But, yeah, it's, but it's huge there. It, it, and it's still maybe the third most popular sport in the, in the country. Because there are still people in the South and the Midwest who watch TV rather than stream. <laughs> well, they, they're watching TV in every state of the Union, and they're not watching much hockey anywhere. 
They're watching enough in enough places. Oh, stop defending it, right? Come on, stop. Don't don't pick a fight with me on this. There's nothing. Just there's don't. Nothing to, don't. There's nothing, just to, don't. There's nothing you're, to pick you're, a fight with. No, no. They, it's the least consumed major sport in the United States, bar none. Nothing if you to consider debate. that a major sport, and I'm not sure Hockey? it is anymore. I think soccer is a bigger sport now than hockey is. Well, look at it this way. Hockey would love to be a major sport. The fact that they're, yeah. you're, you're not even willing to classify them as major sport means you've made my argument for me. No, the reason why it's no longer a major sport is because basketball sailed past it about 15 years ago. That's got nothing to do with basketball. Sure where, where is it? Where are you in your universe? Hockey doesn't even have a universe to exist in beyond like five Canadian bars. And a, and a couple bars in Minnesota, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Boston. That's and the York. list. That's the list. Maybe one bar in Tampa. And Washington and Pittsburgh. Which is also like a strip club. Yeah. And Philadelphia, for sure. Philadelphia is probably, next to the Eagles, it's, some, it's a hockey town more than it is anything else. Mm, a couple decades ago, you're maybe onto something. Even now. The Phillies were just in the World Series. Yeah, and barely drew 25,000 in a year in which they got to the World Series. It's a bigger number than Flyers games get. Well, the Flyers don't have a seat, a place that seats 25,000. If they played in a 50,000-seat arena, they wouldn't be pulling 25. I probably would. Nah, come on, stop it. No, you stop it. No, you stop it. No, I'm ordering you to stop it. No, you stop there. it. Welcome, everybody, to your 4 o'clock hour. Just a tick or two early because it feels like the right time to change the subject. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.